All right, I want to dive in. I, I want to get to my sermon this morning. There's so much going on. I don't know if you've noticed, but the last two weeks, we've had a word from the Lord that I think has just been dead on. Um, we've had a healing. We do not need to take that lightly. And if you're sitting out there hurting and need prayer, the time's not over. God's here. He's ready to, to touch you. Um, and it was just, I believe it's an encouragement to... Uh, Maybe open your eyes and realize God's here. Um, I do want to say, too, today is about, um, it's, I'm still continuing, forgive me as I, as I lower this. Well, you're shorter than me, but I need it lower than you, so that doesn't make any sense. Um, we've been talking about a, a sermon series about st- keeping your life between the ditches, on, keeping it on the road, and God has a way of keeping us on his pathway, leading us and guiding us. And our life's not meant to be in the ditch. It's meant to be on the road. And um, today is going to be about bearing fruit. And Michelle Fisher sent me a text this morning saying there are seven kids in children's ministry wanting to be baptized. Yeah, yeah. Um, What's so important, what's been on my heart if you were here last Sunday, is making sure that we do church like church was meant to be done, not like church is done today but like church is meant to be done. God had a plan for church. God has a plan for church. God has a reason for church. But I think, and I'm just speaking for myself, that it's very easy to get off track and to do the things that we want to do in church and miss what God wanted. Um, Those things being fellowship, being communion, um, being prayer, being worship, being evangelism. Um, Also, it says in Scripture, all these things that we're doing are useless we should be taking care of the widows and the orphans. So what's very important to me for 2000, uh, if y'all were here Wednesday night, I got the year wrong all night long. I said 2006, I said 2016. Um, Yeah, I'm old. Uh, But 2019 um, is that we get back on track to what God desires for the church. And if we do that, we are going to see fruit. It's promised. God, we will bear fruit. We will bear the right fruit. Uh, so I want to believe that as uh, Michelle has just reached out, I think that is an answered prayer already um, for God moving in, in the hearts of people and it being the children. Uh, seven baptisms. So I want you to, to encourage you to, um, if you would like to be baptized, we are going to be um, offering that probably in the next few weeks. And if you've not been water baptized, that is something that God told us to do. And part of what we're going to be doing as a church in 2019 is obeying God. What's the point if we're not? What's the point? Um, we need to be obedient to the Lord. So today we are, we are setting a, a church-wide fast, and I'm going to just go into that at the end, but I do want you to know we are believing for 2019 for growth, for breakthrough, um, and that's for you. As we pray and fast for this next week, we're not just praying and fasting for the church. You should be praying and fasting for you. God's got great things for you and is desiring to, to, to be a part of what you're doing. But we get moving at such a pace that sometimes we completely leave God out. And fasting causes you to bring God back in. There's no need to fast and to go hungry through the week and not pray. That's just starving and that's just torture. But the reason for fasting is to remind you to pray and to pull yourself closer to God. Because God says, if we will just draw near to him, 
He'll draw near to us. And fasting is a sure way of drawing near to God. Amen. But let's, let's go back. Today, I want to continue on uh, keeping your life through the ditches and in, out of the ditch and living a productive life. We want to be more effective with less stress and less pressure. And I have noticed this universal desire for productivity. You want to produce. I want to know that my life makes a difference and that the things that I'm doing are not just busy work. Do anybody here at your job do busy work? You may not quite grasp what it is that the main goal for that is doing, but it doesn't really matter. You still have to do it. I want to know that the things that I'm doing, I can tell you that when I fast, I don't want that to be busy work. I get real, real with God. God, I'm fasting and I'm expecting you to move. I'm not doing this just to do this. Now, I do a lot of things just to do it, but not fasting. (laughs) It hurts too much. I don't want to hurt unless there's a reason. Uh, I ran nine miles two days ago, and I'm hurting from it. And I was telling an athletic trainer this morning, I said, I didn't have much joy in my running. But I'm trying to train, and I've got a goal, but man, I'm telling you, in the midst of doing it, it hurts. But I've got to keep that goal in mind. I'm doing this on purpose. I've got somewhere to go. And the reason for fasting is because God answers fasting. In fact, there are some things that you can't get breakthrough without prayer and fasting. Those are the things I'm after. Those walls that won't come down are coming down in Jesus' name because he said so. He gave me the instructions for barreling through. So I want you to know we are more happy when we are productive. And the Bible uses the word for productivity as stewardship. Productivity is always making the most of what you've been given. And God is responsible for what he gives you, but you're responsible for what you do with it. Now, making the most of what you've been given is called productivity. And this is not just true in church. It's true in business and in in organizations and in the nation. For instance, the United States of America, the only nation, it's the nation that only has 10% of the population of the world. The U.S. is only 10% and has only 7% of the land mass of the whole world, but it produces 40% of the world's goods. Is that not productivity? It is. Now, over the past 40 years, hundreds, maybe thousands of books have been published about how to increase your productivity in your life and your career and your hobbies. And it's no exaggeration to say that a lot of people of the world are obsessed with being more productive. How do I get more done? Really, it's not how much you get done. It's are you doing the right thing? There are seminars and classes that teach you how to be more productive. But it may surprise you that the Bible has so much to say about living a productive life. Now, here's the key. They don't, it, the Bible doesn't use the word productivity as much, but it uses the word fruitful, bearing fruit, fruitfulness. But we're going to talk just for a minute about fruitlessness. Now, let's, let's look at the word fruit. Now, if you go and you look at, uh, look at the word fruit from... Um, the, uh, I think it's the Hebrew, maybe the Greek. 
Let me, let me back up. Fruitfulness or bearing fruit is the biblical way of living a productive life. And the Bible is clear that we are to live a fruitful life, that he has made you to bear fruit. He has shaped you to bear fruit. He expects you to bear fruit. He wants you to live a productive life. It is a major theme of Scripture. In fact, while Jesus is, is uh, right before he died on the cross, one of the last things Jesus emphasized to his followers and to his disciples, that they were to go out and be productive. He expected them to bear fruit. And I want you to know that the last words are important. Aren't they? Last words. He expects us. Right before Jesus goes to the cross in John chapter 15, we're going to look at it in just a second. And we're going to look at several passages about fruit today, but the Bible tells us that God wants us to see fruit in our lives. And we're going to look at some principles that help you produce fruit in your life, in your ministry, in your family, in your career. But I want to ask you this question, what do you want to do in your life? What do you want with your life? What do you want to accomplish with your life? Because if you don't know, there's no use about talking about productivity. If you don't know what it is that you're called to do and that you need to do and that your goal is to do, then as you're out here being productive, productive for what? What's the point? What's the goal? That's why as I'm looking for, uh, for the church, I'm, uh, you know, we, we, uh, as, uh, sorry, I'm going to get this out of my mouth. As Leslie said, 2018 has been a tough year. 2018 has been a tough year for our church. So I immediately go to the word and the word says, what kind of fruit are you bearing? So I can continue 2019 like I did 18, trying to bear fruit, but if we're not bearing fruit or bearing the wrong fruit, then something needs to change. So that's why I've gone back to scripture and say, okay, we're not bearing fruit or the fruit that we are bearing may not be the right fruit. How do I bear the right fruit? Well, let's get to the bottom of what God says, be obedient to his word and expect him to do what he said he would do. I don't have to, the, the, the apple tree doesn't have to worry about producing apples. It just produces apples. So when the church, church, when the church is rightly rooted, it will produce godly fruit. So my job as the pastor, our job as the staff and leadership is to make sure, are we rightly rooted? Because if I'm rightly rooted, a good, free can't, a good fruit, a good tree can't bear bad fruit. That took a minute. And we're going to produce good fruit. Not because we're cool. Not because we're good. But because God's good. And because when we obey him, he does it. You want your life to change? Get rightly rooted. You don't have to force that apple out. That's God's deal. God brings the increase, not you. God. So I'm so excited. We're talking about productivity. And how does God measure productivity? In, in other words, how, what does God consider to be real fruit? So we're going to look at the, the root. The Greek word of fruit is karpos. 
And this literally means, it's used 66 times in the New Testament. And for it's a big theme in the Bible. It means your work, your deed, your act, your profit, your utility. You know, what is it that we're doing to, to produce this fruit? And if we go back to uh, John chapter 15, verse 8, look at what this says. This is right before he goes to the cross. Jesus goes to the cross, and it says that this is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, I can tell you, I have read, I, I've, I've read the one-year Bible every year since 2001, and I don't know that I have ever paused long enough to really catch what God's saying right here. I believe that we can honestly say that one of the main purposes for your salvation is to bear fruit. I want you to catch that. I would almost go so far to say the main purpose, but I don't believe it's the main purpose. I think that God has so many different facets and so many things at work, so many things in his plan that we can't nail it down to one thing, but one major thing with why God saved me was so that I would bear fruit. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciple. So, Let's slow down. How do we know we're a disciple of God? How do we know we're a disciple of Jesus? It's on the screen. <laughs> that I bear fruit. So I want to ask you a question. Now, we looked at this last week that we're going to be doing on Communion Sunday. When we go and renew our commitment to Christ, when we go and renew our covenant with Christ and remember his broken body and his, the blood that was shed for us, we remember that we are saved and that really ultimately that the purpose of salvation is, or, or when we make a commitment to salvation, it's that we would be a disciple of Christ, that we would follow him, right? It's not fire insurance. Do you guys get that expression? I didn't, I, I, some, so many walk the aisle in order to escape hell. But you're not escaping hell if you're not following Christ. Did anybody hear that? You're not escaping hell by coming to the altar. You're escaping hell by following Christ. If you're not following Christ, I want you to know hell's probably still in your, in your path. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Now, have I lost everyone? Listen, church is going to get real. It's, it's time to stop playing games and to get real. And the purpose of my salvation is to follow Christ. And in following Christ, I shall bear fruit, bringing glory to God. The way to show that I am a disciple of Christ is that I bear fruit. The way that you show, you can't, you can't fake this thing. You can act like a good churchgoer and act like a good Christian, but if you're not bearing fruit, something's off. This is way harder than I expected it to be. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Your soul's too important. I'm not going to break down on you, I don't think, but I just might because this is too important.
and I'm going to be held responsible for those that slip through my fingers. And so are you. We can see that through the, through the parable of the talents that God's given us certain things and that we're responsible to increase that and to use it to God's glory. But if we don't use it, he's going to take it. And it's time that we bear fruit. And I want you to hear me. The way that we bear fruit is not the church bearing fruit. The way that we bear fruit is by you bearing fruit. The church will bear fruit if you bear fruit. There's not some magical thing within the church building that can bear fruit. It's you that bears fruit. We have to change. So I want you to catch, I think there's three things I want you to catch from this scripture alone. Bearing fruit brings glory to God. I can tell you, I so desire for God to be glorified in my life. He is so worthy of us giving him glory. Uh, It's something that Daryl tried to do as he came up, and I think that he did. I don't know that you received it, but he was trying to give the glory to God. That he's here, and that we can count on him, that he's faithful, and that he's a healer. And that he longs to do that in us. It's his good pleasure to bless you. But bearing fruit brings glory to God. How does he do that? Well, whatever fruit, fruitfulness is, whatever productivity is, it brings glory to God. So we certainly want to learn how to be productive so that we can bring glory to the Father. Second thing from the scripture, bearing fruit, I've already said this, shows that I'm a disciple. It should show. It should show that I'm a disciple. And I'm just going to be blatantly honest with you. I think from the exterior, I don't know that I would look like a disciple. Yeah, I sing the songs, but I think when I sit down with you, I think that you can see that there's fruit. But I don't know that I'm bearing fruit like I'm supposed to be bearing fruit. This is me taking account of my own heart and my own life. I should be bearing fruit. Can you say that? I should be bearing fruit. Amen. It's proof that you're in God's family. It's proof that we really know the Lord. By this you show that you're my, God would say you're my disciple. If I don't have fruit in my life, how can I claim to be a disciple? A follower of Christ, a Christian in the family of God. Number three. God wants me to bear much fruit. Much fruit. Look at verse 16. We just looked at uh, John 15. I think it was verse 8. But it said, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Let me go back. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you may go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Uh, There's another translation that says much fruit. 
fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. I want, you, I want to ask you something. Have you ever bared fruit that didn't last? I have. Things last a season. Things last for a while. Things last for two weeks. And it was good. It's good fruit, but it didn't last. God's fruit, when God starts bearing fruit in you and bearing good fruit in you, it is fruit that lasts. You aren't able to handle one little situation in your life, and then by the time the second one shows up, you get demolished by it. No, godly fruit, the right fruit, lasts. The right fruit lasts. Uh, Elizabeth is wanting, is texting me while I'm up here preaching. So, and what is an example of bearing fruit? Um, that's next week. <laughs> I want you to catch this now. It's good, but I'm going to give you a little cliffhanger and you have to wait until next week. Really, it'll be the next week. Um, It says that I chose you, you didn't choose me. God chose you even in the state that you're in. Even in the mess that you're in. He chose you. He picked you. So that, now again, right here comes the salvation thing. He saved you so that you might bear fruit. So is bearing fruit a main point of salvation? I think, that, I think that's what we see exactly right here. God chose you, you didn't cho- choose him so that you would bear fruit. And not only bear fruit, but bear fruit that lasts. So that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Can anyone see the benefits of bearing fruit? Not only you bear fruit, but you get into position of asking and getting answered. Everybody say amen. I mean, either you hear me or you don't. So that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Why? Because you are genuinely a disciple of Christ. You are genuinely a part of the body of Christ. You are a child of God. And when we cry out to him, he answers. When I find myself crying out and not getting answered, I've got to go and look and say, okay, why, why is there a hindrance here? And almost every time it's because I have gotten outside of being a disciple of Christ. I've started following my own way. Listen, it's the way the world has gone from day one. The children of Israel would follow the Lord. Trumpets would sound. Oceans would part. Then they would turn. And oceans would close. And things would dry up. And they'd start fussing. God, where are you? And God's like, I'm here. I've always been here. Turn back to me. I'm with you. I'm for you but you've got to turn to me. You've got to follow me. I'm leading. I'm going in a certain direction. Get in with me. With me is all these blessings. If you will hear my voice and obey my word, then all the blessings of the Lord will find me and overtake me. I don't have to wonder about the blessings of God when I'm following him. 
all his blessings shall follow me all the days of my life. When I find myself out of that circle, it's not because God has dried up on his blessing. It's because I've fallen out of the circle. I have gotten off. And it is the story throughout the entire word of the children of Israel getting on board and getting off board and getting on board and getting off board and God having mercy and grace and leading them back to him and them falling away and them lead him leading them back to him. Church, this is a time of us getting led back to him. He is so full of mercy and grace. Abundant in love. He so cares for us. I'm going to try to wrap this up. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Two truths about bearing fruit. That fruit is the purpose of my salvation. Jesus said, I chose you to bear fruit and bear much fruit. He didn't just save you to go to heaven. He didn't just save you. I'm going to give you a a kind of a religious term, sit, soak, and sour. Did y'all catch that? He didn't save you so you could come to the altar and then sit in a pew and do nothing the rest of your life. He, he, He saved you so that you would bear fruit. He saved you to serve and to live a protective life for him. God made this investment in you through salvation. Jesus gave his life for you. He died on the cross for you. He created you. He saved you. He put his spirit in you. He made an investment in you. And one day, he's going to audit that. Have you ever been audited? It's awful. It's the closest thing to hell. It's not true, but it's pretty close. But we're going to get audited. What were you done with what you were given? Christ would say, I came and died on the cross for you. Did you live a fruitful life? Did you live a productive life? That whole parable of the talents. You know, God's given us talents. What did we do with them? Second truth. is a truly, truly productive life is a life where your fruit lasts. So many times fruit blossoms on the vine and it immediately rots. Not godly fruit. It's not a flash in the pan success or an overnight success. We see it so many times where people walk an aisle, get changed in church, and then drop off the planet. What I'm interested is in is in the long haul. I've been walking with the Lord 40 years, serving him in full-time ministry for 17 years. And it is my desire that when I get to the pearly gates, I hear God say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. But praise God for his mercy and his grace that I get second chances and thirds and fourths and fifths. I'm telling you, I'm one that needs a lot. I am the hardest-headed person you'll ever meet. (laughs) Thanks. Coming from the man that knows me probably the best other than my family. 
And he's right. Left on my own, I am hell. I don't want to say bent, but hell's my destination, left on my own. But because of the grace of God and the mercy of God, he continuously gives me mercy. When I turn back into self, he leads me back to him. He does that through people. He does that through his word. He does that through his spirit. He does that through situations. He's so full of mercy and grace. Bearing fruit is the purpose of my salvation. There are several purposes of my salvation, but one of the main purposes is so that I bear fruit. So I just want to close this morning and just ask you about the fruit that you're producing. You may say, I'm not bearing any fruit. Yeah, you are. You just need to look. And it's just probably not that pretty. What kind of fruit are you bearing? Because God wants you to bear great fruit and fruit that lasts. Fruit that changes the world. Not just changes your family. Not just rescues your family, but literally changes the world. We get tapped into that God, this church is going to change. We get tapped into that God, this city is going to change. You are going to change. And it's going to be awesome. So this morning, I just want to ask you to pray. As we're learning about fruit and as we're learning about bearing the right fruit, church, if we're not bearing the right fruit, we must question our salvation. It's very blunt. I'm not, I wanted to apologize, but I'm not going to. You are too valuable. Too much is at stake, at stake right here. This, you know, I'm, I know I'm kind of doom and gloom a little bit. I'm sorry, your life's at stake. And our life's not to be lived doom and gloom. Our life's to be lived in abundance and rejoicing and with victory. We're with challenges, but with victory. Well, that's what I'm after. I'm after fruit that lasts. And you know, in my ministry, that's you. I'm after you lasting. I'm after my children lasting. I'm after godly fruit that's going to change. Let's not worry about changing the world. Let's change this world right here. Let God worry about the big stuff. And let me tell you something. We change in here, we're going to start affecting that out there. But if we don't change here, forget out there. Out there doesn't matter. If we're not changing in here, in here, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Can you imagine that the words that you speak, God does? Can anyone grasp the magnitude of that? The power that I can have that if I'm finally tuned with God, that when I ask in his name, he does it. Amen. Y'all stand up with me. We've called a fast for this week. This fast is for breakthrough in the church. This fast is for breakthrough in the families of this body.
just want to encourage you that don't just fast for fasting's sake. Fast and pray. Fast and pray. Fasting hurts. Fasting is a sacrifice. If you're just fasting and not praying, you're just torturing yourself. Fast and pray. And what we're praying for is for breakthrough in this church, breakthrough in your lives, breakthrough in your families. Godly breakthrough. You've been praying for some stuff. You've been needing breakthrough for a long time. And I want you to know I believe that the key to breakthrough is fasting and praying. As a church body, we're going to be fasting and praying this week, and then Sunday morning, we're just going to have a a prayer service. I want to encourage you to come. It's going to be worship and prayer, and we're just going to pray through some big, big things for this year, for your life, for our church. I want you to know, if you don't change, the church doesn't change. The church doesn't get to change without you changing. It's got to work the other way. God, God moves in our hearts, and it affects the church. Not the church move, and we get affected. Nope, we have to move. We're the church. We get messed up with this whole idea of what church is. And I want you to know, it's you. It's you. So we're going to be praying and fasting. I am personally going to be praying and fasting for breakthrough in your life. Healing, financial, jobs, kids. God's going to start putting on my heart this week the needs that you're having, and I'm going to be praying and sacrificing for that. And I ask you to do the same, to be praying and fasting for your family, for your kids, for breakthrough, for your job, for your boss. How many of you know you need to pray for your boss? Yeah. Quit fighting your boss and pray for him. Man, that'll preach, won't it? So this week, starting right now, if you would, until the time we get to service and end service next week, we're going to be fasting. I would encourage you to get in the Word to learn about fasting. God has direction for you. And God answers those that fast. Scripture tells us that. Jesus even said, you've been trying and you've been praying for these things, but you can't break through that one without prayer and fasting. Well, that's the big stuff we're going after this week. So as we pray and as I pray over you, I just want you to agree with me and let's just make a decision for this week uh, to pray and fast for breakthrough. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for this morning. And Lord, I thank you that you're desiring for us to bear fruit. God, I want to bear good fruit. And Lord, I want to bear fruit that lasts Well, Father, the way that I see that in your word is that I truly become a disciple of you. That means I know you. That means you get in my heart. That means you get in my mind. That means that you're the first thing I think of when I go to make decisions. That I surround myself with godly people. That I commit my heart to you. And God, you tell me that when I commit my heart to you and when I follow you, that God, you protect me and you care for me and you provide for me. just ask you, Lord, that this week that we would turn our hearts to you. There's so many in this church body this morning that need breakthrough. Well, I want you to know, I want you to hear me, church, the breakthrough's going to come from you turning to God.
your heart turning to God. Make a commitment this week to turn to God. I want to hear the stories of breakthrough that you've had this week. We need the encouragement of God moving. Father, I just pray for this week of fasting that we would just be faithful, that you would lead us and guide us, and that, Lord, that we would see great breakthrough in this body, in our jobs, in our kids, in our health, in broken relationships. But, Lord, I pray for our church, the Lord, that we just turn the corner and that we become the church that you've called us to be. Just thank you, Lord. You're so good. Now, Lord, bless us this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Y'all have a great week. We've got snacks outside just so that we can fellowship together. That's a big part of what church is. Please hang out for just a second. Let us get to know you. God bless you.